to a very special edition of Couch Grouches. It's not Halloween yet, so I wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> you have a couple of weeks still. <laughs> yeah. um, no, Hall- Halloween's a big, big time for, uh, for, for Couch Grouches. We do our, uh, our October movie oh, reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So as you can hear, obviously Joe and Gonzo aren't here, um, but we do have from uh, table to stage our good friend and compatriot, Jordan Worma. Jordan Worma. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How or are you? I like to call him Jordan Verma. Yeah. Jordan Verma. It's Verma. He's not a German, but the name says he should be. Yeah. Uh-huh. His name makes me very happy. Happy as a little girl. <laughs> I don't think any of your listeners get SNL references from that era anymore. Some of our, <laughs> not all of our, not all of our, our, uh, our audience members are of the, you know, early millennial age. Okay. Like there are some late millennials and, and gen, bitter Gen Xers like right, you and okay, me that are, that, that are listeners. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no, so Jordan are in here, Jordan and I are here uh, uh, in, in East Hampton, whatever the, wherever the hell East, that is. East Hampton, yeah. 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 Um, just wrapped up a rehearsal for the I'm sorry not a rehearsal the, the rehearsal, rehearsal <laughs> for the uh the cabaret that um Jordan and I are in and that Jordan um is heading up uh it's this weekend at uh up here what where Jordan where the hell is where the hell is the show <laughs> where am I going on Saturday night so the 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 show is at uh St. Patrick Church Hall uh, 47 West High Street in East Hampton, Connecticut. It is uh, East Hampton is kind of between Colchester and Middletown yep. uh, in the Portland area. Uh, the show, based on what I heard tonight, is going to be excellent. And I'm yeah, I got some very really excited singers. about yeah, this. Uh, we have such a good such a good lineup of performers. Um, and me. Yep, you know, we got to get you in there somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> the um, and the show is to benefit. Yeah, the it's podium uh, players. It's uh, the last big fundraiser for podium players um, before we put on our big musical production of Matilda in November. Um, so we're we're putting this thing on to try to pay for a independent community theater production that is gigantic that's a big show it's a huge show and we have a enormous cast very good cast uh, but it's an expensive show to do so we got to do this stuff like this to raise money to do it so i want to um and uh, you know as, as listeners you know a long time listeners of the show know god knows i've put on enough cabarets <laughs> and, and and done enough fundraising to try to fundraise for the uh, for Cirillo Summer Theater when I ran that yeah. in Windsor. I no longer run that because I went up and had a baby and I need my summers. <laughs> so um plus you know all my kids effectively aged out. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't it, it, I mean, it was hard cuz I love the program and I love, you know, and I love the younger kids and stuff like that, but kind of the uh the kids that came with me kind of did their shit. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just most of them most of them were done. So but um, <clears throat> no, I, I uh, definitely can appreciate the need to uh, to fundraise. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk with Jordan about today, and just a little bit of commiseration, because we haven't done, um, as one listener put it, we haven't done any art shit in a while. So <laughs> here's a little bit of art shit for All you. Right. Just want to talk about 
the rigors of trying to put together and and uh, and run a community yeah. theater is something that we've both done. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. So, what is your role at Podium right I now? I am actually the president of Podium Players currently, mm-hmm. um, as of this past summer. Uh, is the first board membership on a community theater staff that I've had since the early no late nineties. Oh wow! Um, so you've done this before then. I was on the board for a small group when I lived in Florida for a while. Oh, okay. Um, we did one production, and that was the end of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Good show. Uh, great show. Love that show. Good show. I, wish, I wish more people would do that locally. Early Sondheim. Doesn't sound like Sondheim. Right. It still sounds like, yeah. like Hammerstein, because yeah. obviously that's... But it's so much fun, and it's, you know, it's just, it's a great show. Um, Oscar, but it's another it was, it was big one. Oscar Hammerstein that was his mentor, right? That was Sondheim's oh, mentor. Boy. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, it wasn't I Richard Rogers. No, it was. It was Hammerstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It, it's. Yeah. It's a great show. Um, I, of course, have you know, run programs, founded programs, closed programs, <laughs> uh, and I've worked on a different level. I've worked. I've also been president of boards of. Like theaters and establishments yeah, mm-hmm. own their sites and stuff like that. Oh that wow! Are, that okay. are, well, I was president of Hole in the Wall Theater in New Britain okay. for, for for a while, and a vice president even longer than that. So, um, yeah, no, I so it, it's a it's definitely a, a trial and a, and a tribulation to say the least. Oh yeah. So how did you get conned into? I mean, um, what what <laughs> how, what, what 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 brought what drove you to uh, take a leadership role? Oh boy, so. I mean, it's a podcast. We have time. <laughs> um, when we moved to East Hampton in 2016, mm-hmm. I think it was, I was looking for a local theater to get to be a part of because I had done shows in Colchester. I was going to say, so you had already done, so you and I had already met. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I always yeah. thought that you were installed here no. before we nope. met. Oh. No, I was living in. I don't know when was Les Mis. Jordan and I met at Colchester Community Theater at a production of Les Mis. Yeah, the twenty fourteen. It was twenty fourteen. Yeah. So I was living in Manchester at the time, and I was still living in the same house in Plainville I've lived at for thirteen years. <laughs> um, and I had done Colchester shows, and I had done uh, a show at Little Theater in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Shrek there. Yeah, and my wife managed that show. Yep, that's where I met her. Yep. And I had so much fun on that show, <laughs> so much fun. Um, but yeah. What, yeah, when we moved to East Hampton, I thought I really wanted to get more involved mm-hmm. in one of the local theaters. And I had spoken with some people in Colchester, and I said, you know, I'm, I don't live in Colchester, so I know I, it's kind of hard for me to be on this. And they had mentioned Podium Players in East Hampton, which I had not heard of at the time. And I kind of put a little you know, bug in my ear, so Podium Players was something I was now looking for. And then shortly after that, they announced auditions for Annie. Um, I hate Annie. It's not my favorite show. I hate Annie. But it's local? No, no, no. I'm not saying you shouldn't have done no, it. No, I'm no, just no. saying. It's not a show I, I would have sought Annie. out to do. Yeah. But it's local, and it's kid-friendly, and it was a chance for um, me to introduce my daughter to musical theater. So that was the first time. It's God's work. <laughs> so that was the first time she had done a show, first time I had done a show with any member of my family. Um, and during the process of putting Annie on, I got to know the board members for Podium. 
and they said, you know, when the show's done, you should start coming to meetings and stuff. So I made the mistake of going to the meeting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the road to the presidency is paved with good intentions. <laughs> yeah. Um, just looking at uh, headlines now, and a lot of people are saying it. And now, he's, now Trump's trying to also get Pence impeached along oh, with oh, him. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'd be happy to watch them both yeah, leave. Absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, so back in back to happiness. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've been with Podium since 2017, and uh, been with you know an acting member of the board since then. And uh, they uh, saddled me with presidency this year. And that's how most people that become board presidents of these small types of theaters. Mm -hmm. That's how it happens. You show up. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is the whole getting roped in. Very yeah. few people like join the theater and join the board and go, I'm going to get on this board and I'm going to be president. Right, right. And the ones that do, you got to be worried about. Yeah, I did. This isn't well, no, something I sought out. And it, and it's not sure. because they're, they're crazy or anything like that, but so often you get some of these people that come in like, I know what I want to do. I know how to run this. I know how to make it better. I know what's going to work. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> man, really? I have been... Very transparent. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I am, uh, I am putting in as much work and as much effort as I can into. But that's all it takes. Making podium solvent and functional. But that's uh, what it takes. It, yeah, but it takes a lot. Like no, it does. Yeah, no, oh my god, a it's, lot. it's uh, I'm, and that's why I don't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Um, and I, I've only been using the term bandwidth in that manner till recently because we've really been using it at work lately and oh. it's just like oh it's one of those fucking buzzwords i can't uh -huh. believe i just use bandwidth to equate to human hours but it's actually right. a pretty good uh yeah analogy and i just don't have the bandwidth yeah. to do it anymore. i i can already see i'm on a path to burnout so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna have to scale back at some point pretty well, do soon do you have a i mean you're the president is mm -hmm. there a vice president there's a vice president is there a vice president of course you know, i'm not gonna have you talk shit about the mm -hmm. people you work with but are you the type of person that and I know the answer to this question. <laughs> Are you the type of person that doesn't like to go to other people to do, like, do you take everything on yourself? I do. Now, yeah. do you do it because you don't feel like you can count on people? Or do you do it because it's like, you know how you want it to be done? Or do you do it the way that I know that this is the actual answer? Do you do it all yourself because, well, you just really don't want to bother anybody else that, with it's it? It's yeah. mostly that. Yeah. It's, I, I, I know that there are people I could turn to and say, you know, I really need this done. Could you take this off my plate? But, I, you know, they got other stuff going on. Why should they take stuff off of my plate? De delegation <laughs> is the key to effective leadership. I'm uh -huh. going to tell you that. It's, it's very it's, difficult. It's, it's, and it's something that I like. I hate it. I hate it. Um, I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone, that, anyone that listens to this show knows that. I have learned that about myself in my own podcasting endeavors. You know, I, 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 I'm, a, I, I'm a control freak. I, you know, I, I want to, um, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, the, the active members that we have are fantastic. They're, they're dedicated. They, they show up. They help. They do what they can. The, the key, so far as what I've been able to tell at this point, is to get more people as engaged and as involved as the core people are. Because otherwise, yeah. the core gets burned out. Well, that is, and that is the, um, and I'm going to equate it to something else. Um, 
it's the same story with long with long running live action role playing games. Mm. It is. It's 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 actually a it's great another form of a, theater. It's a, another form of community <laughs> theater. Yeah. Um, it's just improv. <laughs> There's just a yeah, lot right. more improv involved. Um, yeah. Um, it's not only getting members of the board. It's just getting more bodies right. in to do all kinds of mm -hmm. things. Um, now, does Podium, do they have like a membership structure? Like, do you have to, you pay dues? Mm -hmm. like, yep. And usually these are things like, what, like $20? Like it's, it's $25 for an individual. Yeah. It's $50 for a family, for a family of up to yeah. five. And I mean, we include tickets to the show with the membership. Mm -hmm. We give a lot for the membership. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, this is what I've tried to tell people before. No, no one's making any money on membership. No, no, we're not. Um, in fact, with the amount of tickets you give, you often are losing money on memberships. Um, how engaged is your member base? Well, the member base sort of fizzled to about zero um, in the last couple of years. That's right. So, Matilda is sort is the first full scale large cast show we've done since Annie, and that was 2017. Since I came on board as a member of the board, not as president, but since I've been involved, we've done two straight plays, mm -hmm. one of which I appeared in, the other one I produced. Um, and they were wonderful shows. I enjoyed every minute of the work that we did on those. It's like there's a butt coming. And the cast were incredible, and I was proud of the work that we did but nobody came to see them. Poor attendance is rough. And when you don't have your own space and you rely on mm -hmm. either community places to be able to use or you have to rent other spaces mm -hmm. and then you don't sell the tickets that you need to sell, breaking even becomes a, uh, a pipe dream. <laughs> I will tell you, though, <clears throat> from experience... Having your own space has pitfalls of its mm -hmm. own, and it's not all it's cracked up to be, um, especially if you're renting a space. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're in somebody's building. I had this discussion actually with Gonzo last night um, uh, because Gonzo's obviously very involved in a, uh, a local community theater, mm -hmm. and I had to explain to him and it wasn't a bad thing at all, just he hadn't thought of it this way before. Um, I had to explain him the concept of overhead. Oh, okay. And how if a show pays for all of its show expenses but doesn't pay for its overhead, that show didn't break even and or make money. Right. Um, so when you've got a permanent space, you're overhead responsibilities are considerably more mm -hmm. because now you're putting you're putting rent, on shows yeah. not just to pay the rent for the space you're renting right but you gotta keep the lights on you gotta keep the water on insurance you, you gotta keep yeah. the place insured yeah. you gotta make sure everything's up to code mm -hmm. god forbid something breaks you're responsible um and a lot of small non-union theaters don't yeah, have the capacity to do it and live hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and a, a lot of vagabond theaters, which is I call it a I call theaters like Podium, like mm -hmm. like like Phoenix Theater, where, where Gonzo's in a show, like um, our friends at White Rabbit Theater, 
your vagabond theaters, mm-hmm. your theaters, your, the your nomadic you theaters. Um, yeah, which, our last three shows have been in three different facilities. Which there's something kind of romantic about that, mm-hmm. but it's also frustrating as hell. Yeah. Um, your overhead is less, but as a result that you don't, you know, but your, your drawback is that you have no home, so no one is, you know, people got to seek you out. Mm-hmm. We have done shows at churches, mm-hmm. at high school auditoriums, mm-hmm. uh, gymnasiums, sure. wherever we can find the space. And th- the biggest problem is scheduling mm-hmm. because there are better times of the year to do shows. <laughs> sure. But the better times of the years to do shows are also the better times of the year to do most things. Yeah. So the, f- the spaces available during those times of the year go away very quickly. And in East Hampton specifically, we are very, very limited in terms of wi- the space we have to actually do a musical theater production. The high school has a beautiful auditorium, a wonderful stage. It's a great place to do it. And a bunch of kids that use it all year long because it's, a, it's their right, school. Right, sure. And it's But it's also the only place like that in town. So anyone who needs an auditorium or a stage they go. goes there. So we're competing with every other organization in town for time, which is a problem. <laughs> um, we, we constantly are having to juggle rehearsal schedules because sure. we're getting bumped. Um, and our production dates have to be, they have to be scheduled far, far, far in advance. Well, in order for you to be able to secure rights to a show, mm-hmm. you have to be able to tell, the, yep. this is the hell that was my life for many yep. years. So for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> let's say you want to put on The Wizard of Oz. Please have, don't. Don't. No. <laughs> you have to go to the, pu- the, the publishing owner of the rights to Wizard of Oz, Music Theater International. Mm-hmm. They have Matilda too. Um, MTI is the largest holder of... Uh, musical theater rights in the country and um, their monopoly is terrifying yeah um but they're very efficient um but you have to go to them you have to propose your show propose your dates tell them how many people you think are going to show up tell me tell them how much you're charging per ticket um all this stuff Mm -hmm. and then they tell you then then they send you a, a they send you a quote and they let you know if that's open if that time's open actually the quote is effectively okay you can do the show on these dates. This is what it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Um, cost is astronomical often. It's um, crazy. Uh, wait until you decide to do a Disney show. We won't do a Disney show. MTI owns, of MTI mm-hmm. owns Disney shows, and they're hideously expensive. Mm-hmm. I, when I was working, when I was running the arts program in Willimantic, I did Mary Poppins. And I should have done Mary Poppins Jr. I don't know why I didn't do Mary Poppins Jr. For, it was for kids. I had a big fucking head. I decided I wanted to do full-fledged balls to the wall Mary Poppins. I cut like I cut a whole bunch for that show. I cut entire storylines from that show. Oh man. Are you familiar with the uh, with the Oh with sure, the, yeah. Okay, so I, I hope MTI didn't show up. <laughs> no. I cut the whole Mr. Banks old nanny thing. Oh. All of it. Okay. I got rid of all no, of no it. No treacle and got rid no? of the song, okay, got good. rid of everything. Um I slimmed down. St- it was. It was. It was. Um, I should have a- done Mary Poppins <laughs> Jr. <laughs> and it was funny too because we used we we uh, we bought all their canned music and everything like that. 
Oh, you didn't have a pit or anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do you how do you do that? Well, I'm very I read music and I'm very good at editing sound, mm-hmm. and I did. Yeah. Okay. So MTI. The so stat- they also charge you for the music. The statue. Li- oh my god, <laughs> it was so expensive. <laughs> Holy shit! Because we got the whole package. Uh-huh. So we got the show, we got the music, we got the promotional package, we got. Oh god, you got the promotional. All package this too. stuff. I mean, for the size of the theater, the theater was like. 300 seats. There's no way. I mean, and we, we, we did fill it. Um, I think the show cost me six grand. The whole production cost you six grand? I think the rental, the co- the the rental cost okay. me six grand. Okay. Yeah, not the whole show. No, the show, I think doing the whole show, I think the show cost me about 30 grand. Holy cow. The show cost me about 30 grand to do. I mean, you saw Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd cost me about, about 25 grand. Wow. That was a good show. Actually, no. Sweeney Todd actually cost me considerably less than Sweeney Todd should have cost me twenty five grand. Sweeney Todd cost me about fourteen. Mm. Just think, and I had to pay people too. I think about fifteen grand. I think um, Adam's Family, which is the most expensive show I did it uh, when I when I ran Cirillo, cost me about thirty grand. Oh my god, <laughs> it's expensive to put on a show. Yeah, people don't realize that like how much it costs to actually. Yeah. They complain about ticket prices. And with no real understanding of what it costs to actually produce the show they're coming right. to see, right? I mean, it, the fact that like I, I I think community theater should be able to charge close to double what generally they do. I agree, and I don't. I think I understand why they don't, and I understand I do what the too. expectation is. I do too. Um, but yeah. Um, I know what it costs to put on a show. And I know that most community theaters, most productions, especially from small organizations like this, the majority of your money comes from fundraising. It doesn't mm-hmm. come from ticket sales. It doesn't. Now, I, when I ran the Windsor program with Cirillo, I also had the, the benefit of registrations because it was a town program. Yeah. They had to pay registration. And I got a lot of money out of that. I was actually able to pay the first batch of my bills with registrations. Oh, that's good. Of course, good. it was a giant pain in the ass because the fiscal year ended in June. So it ended right in the middle of the production <laughs> period. So I had to have all of the registrations in before June was up. Yeah. But I also spent that money. Um, but then everything after that was I had to count on concessions, mm-hmm. ticket sales, and fundraising. Mm-hmm. The most common fundraiser in these small theaters are buying ads for for programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had any luck getting my my theater kids to 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 go out. Oh, and get really? Ads. I always had the hardest time getting ads. Oh, wow! And you know, usually it was last minute. We really count on that stuff. It's here. huge. And, and I've been, you know, I've worked for community theaters where they're able, always able to get ads. I don't mm-hmm. know what the hell it was with these fucking kids, but fuck <laughs> them. I don't, I don't work there anymore. Um, no, uh, ad sales are huge. So. If, you know, if a kid, you know, if, if one of your theater kids ever comes up to you and goes, "Hey, do you want to take an ad out in my program for your business or business card, or you want to say something nice?" Do it. Yeah, I always do it. It's huge, and it doesn't usually cost a lot. There are a lot of theaters out there that have Couch Crouches ads in their programs. That's, I, that's our, great. Um, I, I, that reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a table to stage ad in ours too. So yeah, well, that's. I'm just debating full page for uh, for uh, half page. That's uh, <laughs> you, get me the rates. It's, it, it, 
<laughs> that's that's something that Joe actually pays for. Considering that I pay for oh, everything else, nice. Joe's the one that usually All does right. those. I'll send him the uh, the inflated rate sheet. <laughs> Joe's an educator in Britain, for Christ's sake. Give him a break, man. <laughs> no, <sorry>. no. Um, <coughs> so we've discussed the difficulties with, with all of that. Um, why do it? Why do it? Why do you do oh, it? boy. We're not even a half an hour in yet. We got time. No, I know, but... Oh, wow. Why do we do why it? Why do you do it? I know why I do it. Yeah. I'm not asking me. I'm no, asking I you. No, I know. Why do you it, do it? There's, but there's so many... There's so many things. Okay, here we go. In, in true Couch Crouch's style, ready? Yeah. Top five. Top five. Um, why do you do it? Creative satisfaction. Sure is a huge one. Um, even if I'm not performing in the show, mm-hmm. being a part of the fi- that final product, that thing that sure. goes up on stage, mm-hmm. you get to watch people who worked so hard. So I, I, I tear up thinking about how hard people work doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. The effort, the time, the talent that people volunteer volunteer their time to put this stuff on is astounding. And to be a part of that is satisfying on a level that very few other things are. I've always been really, and the whole point of this was to drive conversation, not to have you fly through your top five. (laughs) I've always been amazed. You know, there's a small subset of people that think that, well, if I'm going to do community theater, I should be paid. It's like, okay. You think you should be paid. Okay, go find a theater that'll pay you. Mm-hmm. They're out there. They exist. You don't have to have a union card. Right. I can think of three off the top of my head in Connecticut. I can think two that are like 15 minutes from my house that if I could audition, I could get paid. But people that I, I know people that go in and they're in the show and they work really hard and they bitch, well, I'm not even getting paid for this. Fuck you. When you walked in, when you walked in the door, you knew that you weren't getting paid. Mm-hmm. You're not new to the community theater. You knew exactly what was right. going to happen. You knew you're going to be worked your fingers to the bone. You knew it. And you're not a victim. You literally volunteered for this shit. Mm-hmm. I get very um, uppity when people think that their their time is worth more than other people's time. Right. So the first one, I'm sorry, just, that was a, that was a, a tangent. Oh. So the first one is creative satisfaction. Yeah, it's like it's amazing to be a, to be a part of all that. Two. <clears throat> oh man, where to go from there? Um, community engagement, I think, huge is vitally important, and whatever form that takes. Power to the proletariat, <laughs> down to the bourgeoisie. <laughs> whatever form it takes. Eat the rich. What. Whatever you do to get involved in your community. Dun, 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 You know, some people Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. It's your show. People get involved in their community. Comedy comes in three. But you know what else comedy is all about? 
timing. There it is. That's the joke. That's the joke. All right, continue. Uh, so community. Community engagement, getting involved in your community. It doesn't, it doesn't always take the form of community theater. Some people volunteer on boards and commissions and whatever. Yeah, some people work in soup kitchens together. Some people coach little league. I coach mean, coach little league. Yeah, that's actually a really good example. Get of one. Yeah. in being involved in your community, and getting to know the people around you, building a community, and investing yourself in it is important. That was um, very big to me. Um, Not just as a communist, um, <laughs> but I. Um, there's a song um, that I used to dislike greatly um, because of the connotations that came with it. Um, movie Godspell, not the movie, the show Godspell is one of my favorite all-time shows. Have you been in that once or twice? A few times, <laughs> but I've always hated the movie. Okay. Because the movie, have you ever seen the movie? Movie no, is I don't think so. super seventies weird. It's weird and mm -hmm. it's not great. And there was a song for that, that, that from that, there was one original song from that movie that has now become part of the show. It was not in the original show. It's a, oh, song, it's a okay. song, Beautiful City. Okay. I used to hate that fucking song until I started directing, so I directed it and was in it a couple times and we started using it. And it's just like, that song is literally what putting together hey kids let's put on a show is all about it's out of nothing we can right. build something and we it, we can do it together and it can be love and it can be every you know it, it's i'm telling you man so I, I think of that song whenever someone brings that up the community aspect yeah. of community theater it in my opinion it's the most important thing. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's not, not necessarily the thing that I enjoy the most, but I think it's the most important thing. I, yeah, I think that's fair um, because it has impacts beyond, you know, when the show's done, mm -hmm. it's still, it, it's still, it was, you know, weaving threads in the community and mm -hmm. creating those investments that are so important to keeping any, any community thriving. And you've built your own little community. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably the next thing is, like I, I know this is something that I've experienced lots of times, but you know that that post show, the post show crash. <laughs> I have had that horrible post show depression from shows that I was miserable being in. Mm. I was in a production of that my good and lovely friend, whom I love more than life himself, his, life itself, um, Todd Santa Maria when he and my wife conned me to get back into theater. <laughs> so I did a review at LTM that he directed. Oh. And uh, actually Meg was in it. Okay. And uh, Jim, that's oh, where I met okay. Jim and Meg the first time. These are cast members for yeah. our cabaret. And actually Meg out. had to leave because she had just had her baby. Oh, so right. she's just like, I don't know. I don't have time to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fucking A. <laughs> but um, I hadn't been... I hadn't done live performance in 12 years at that point. Wow. I had not performed live. I said I had been in a band, but I hadn't been in the theater in 12 years. And um, they conned me into doing it. Basically, he asked Jamie to manage it. Mm. Jamie, and Jamie hadn't managed in ages either. He asked her to manage it. She managed it, and they were both like, well, you, you want to come help out, right? 
Yeah, I'll come help out. Uh-huh. Want to help with auditions? Yeah. First one's free. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be in the audition? I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I ended up being in the show, and uh-huh. it was fun. And, <clears throat> and Todd was like, yeah, you're going to have to sing like one or two songs. Ended up being the goddamn gym show. Like, I think I did, like, <laughs> I think I legitimately did like five or six songs in that show. Wow. Including, funny side story. Okay. Um, I hurt my back really bad. Um, the very last night of the show, the very last performance of the show, I could barely move. Oof. Now, one of the things he did with the show was it was a lot of gender bending, race bending, hmm. a lot of stuff, very cool stuff with the show. So I sang Rain from Once on this Island. Uh-huh. That's a beautiful show. Yeah. Well, Once on this Island is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so we were always joking. And the, one of the guys I was in the show with, um, Rick, was like, hey, Jim, wouldn't it be funny if during a rehearsal one night you sang Rain like Sebastian the Crab? <laughs> <laughs> Only mildly racist. <laughs> Only mildly racist. Uh-huh. And I never did. So last night of the show, it's actually a Sunday matinee. I destroy my back. I can't move. Like, I, I'm going to have to not be in the show. But I've never done that before. Uh-huh. So instead what I do is, in between each act, I take um, five Vicodin. Oh, my God. And two Red Bull. <laughs> and I sit and I wait for my heart to explode. Uh-huh. You sat while waiting for that? You weren't running around? Oh, no. I, like, I, I, I know. Literally, I sat there, like, <clears throat> peeling the upholstery oh off of a, a chair because I didn't want to move because I didn't want to aggravate my back at all. When it was time to get out there, I went. Second act wow. opens with rain. And all I'm doing is standing there singing while there are two ballet dancers doing like a really cool dance, including my friend Rick was one of them and his girlfriend. Okay. Were, and the girlfriend was a choreographer as well. So they're dancing in front of me while I'm singing this song. Second act, right before, actually before uh, intermission, because I had come off before that, four more Vicodin, two more Red Bull. <laughs> I am stoned off my gourd. I am fucked up. Uh-huh. But I can stand. I can sing. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Especially for the first song, which is Rain, because I'm just standing there doing that, you know, moving my arms back and forth. Right. Get there. The song starts. And Jordan, I heard myself do it. I didn't mean <laughs> to. But instead, you know, the song starts, let there be no moon. Let the clouds race by. That's how the song mm-hmm. goes. No, I, let there be no moon. <laughs> let the clouds race by. Like, I did the whole song like that. Oh, no. And my friend Rick, they're supposed to be serious and into it. He's got this giant smile on his face. Tears are, he's doing this beautiful ballet. Tears are pouring <laughs> down his face. His makeup's running. His girlfriend is so confused because she's not listening to me. She's just listening to the orchestra. To uh-huh. He is dying. I come off stage and we're done. The show's over. He's like, I can't fucking believe you did that. I'm like, what did I do? I said, I opened my mouth and it just happened. <laughs> So on to the next show, which is the one we're talking about, the depression. Uh-huh. This was not the show I was depressed from. Then Todd 
conned me into um, helping him uh, with auditions for Spring Awakening, which is how oh, I got wow. intru- which is how I got introduced to Hole in the Wall Theater in mm-hmm. New Britain. He's like, "Can you help me with auditions?" I said, "Yeah." So we're going through auditions, and he's asking me a bunch of questions about, you know, he's asking for my insight. And he's like, "Oh God, your insight's fantastic." Auditions are always like, "Can you you want you want to want an assistant direct?" Want to direct with me? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. I said, yeah, I'll direct with you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Because Jamie was working that show, too. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll direct with you. That, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't done that in a long time. I really enjoy directing. That's fine. We'll do that. So the show starts. We got a cast. Um, we didn't have an adult male or adult female because just no one came in that was any good. So pretty quickly on, this, this girl comes in, and she's the adult female. She's very good. I personally auditioned like five more guys for the adult male. All dreadful. Uh (laughs) But Jordan, I'm not going to be in this fucking show. (laughs) I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be in this fucking show. I ended up being the fucking show. Of course you did. Yeah. And that's actually where I met Chelsea. Um, I had such a miserable time at that show. We all really kind of did for lots of different reasons. Mm. Turned out to be a good show. I hate that show. I hate that show. I hate that fucking show. That wasn't why I was miserable. So the show's over, and I'm really upset. Like, I'm really upset. Like, I'm super, super upset. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is sad, but for some reason, I just, something just hit me the right way, and I was shattered. And as a result, I started a tradition pretty much, that if there wasn't a cast party immediately after, which there often is with shows, there's Mm -hmm. a cast party, there wasn't in this case, I instead went home, called into the work the next day, told them I wasn't going to be in the next day, and proceeded to get blind Uh drunk on my own, just sitting there drinking and crying and just an absolute fucking disaster it it exists it's real yeah that post-show depression is is huge and it exists so is it absolutely insane of me to actually look forward to that it's catharsis (laughs) that's one it's not insane it's catharsis i get it one of the things i actually look forward to is knowing that i'm going to feel that at the end of it because it means uh, yes, that I it took something, something important yeah. away from the experience. Which, mind you, in that experience especially, that was the first time. That was, it was really my first real show back. It was really my first, you know, and I survived it. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I really, it was, um, it was as much being sad the show is over and more of like victim recovery. <laughs> you know, so, oh no, absolutely. And you know that the show probably wasn't that great. If the show's over and you're like, eh. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, if, if I ever feel that way at the end of a show, uh, I know there was a problem with yeah. that production. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean there's not a problem with the production if I still get that at the end of the show. But No, but... No, I know exactly what you mean, though. Yeah. So. I, I, I'd say, you know, one of the other things that I, I really enjoy <clears throat> is when I get to be in a show with somebody who is doing their first show, that's a lot of fun. It's amazing it's because, fun. especially if it's somebody who's never performed in any way at all, and yeah. they're just taking that chance. They're 
you know, looking for a new experience and I get to be a part of that with them. Oh, I yeah. think I think that's really awesome. And even better than that is when they come back for another one. Because yeah. then then it's like, okay, we got you hooked. Once once you're in, once you're, you're yeah, in. You're in, that that's it. And uh there's something really satisfying about that. I agree. You know, being being a part of that experience for somebody else. All right, so that's two. That's that's three. That's four. That's, what was the third one? <laughs> the uh So we got so far we got <clears throat> creative creative outlets outlets community building community building post show crash post show crash and first experience first experience what's your fifth I, I favorite need a fifth one huh fifth well, favorite then i think and this is very on on brand for me i think considering that i spend uh well these days every other week talking about it with somebody new um just spreading the arts into um new areas and keeping theater and the arts alive at a time absolutely where it's almost actively being uh fought against <laughs> i mean there are definitely forces against us uh-huh so it, it's it's important to me to be able to be a part of keeping it Keeping it going. Can I make a completely random segue? Of course. I hate the news of Facebook. I hate the Facebook update for iPhone. Um, mm. I can't find my photos. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't have that issue. I hate the Facebook app for lots of other reasons. <laughs> I despise Facebook, but like I need my photos. I was trying to. I was going to try to show you something funny about post-show ah, okay. depression, but it's just not going to happen. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So I guess that's my five. That's good. That's good. You got a five? Oh, of course I have a five. <laughs> oh, are we asking? Okay. What's my top five? Okay. Yeah, because you know what? We should ask now because if I didn't ask now, they would write in and ask. Uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, I'll answer them now. Um, although it would be nice to know what Gonzo and Joe's top five are, so I feel like we might actually hit this again next uh, next week. But assume you're still listening out there. Um <laughs> My top five. Um, one is top five. What reasons to why I why yeah, I why do you do it? I know you're taking more more or less a break right now, but yeah, no, I am. But uh, I got you roped back in for one. A bit, a bit. <laughs> and I am considering auditioning again in the winter. I am definitely considering it, but we'll see. Um, So, by the way, the question is, why do why run or 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 coordinate or work with community theater? Not why do I act? Not why do I perform? Not why do I direct? Okay, good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna steal a couple because they're the same. The community building one is the most important one, and not so much. See, with me, it's not about getting in touch with the local community. Mm -hmm. And by local community, I mean like a town or a municipality or something like right, that. Right. Whereas a lot of these programs, that, you know, a lot of these organizations, that that is what you're looking for. For me, it's um, building my own little community. Now, I have been called a cult leader before, <laughs> and, and actors. So 
Gonzo says that everybody has a mutant superpower. Okay. Everyone that everyone in the world has some manner of mutant superpower. My mutant superpower is the ability to build communities. Okay, that's it's, a good one to it's, have. It's weird. I get people in a room. They may not be friends with me for the rest of my life, but they're going to be friends with each other for the rest right. of their lives. Yeah. It's just something I do. Anyone that's been in one of my shows, they'll tell you that. As an actor, it's a little different, but but you know, why do I engender community theater? It's because of that. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the big one is putting together a community of artists, of people of varying, wildly varying talents, wildly varying personalities and backgrounds and and and, and cultures and and yet we all share the same culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of them. Um, community theater. Fucking community theater. <laughs> um, I love... So, in an extension of yours, kind of like, you know, I love that feeling of seeing what I... For me, it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. And I admit that openly. I love being able to stand back and go, yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. I did that. And I'm not acting in it. I'm not dancing in it. I'm not, you know, I'm, if I've produced it and directed it or I've, you know, put it together some, I did yeah. that. Yeah. I did that. They're all there because I did that. Mm-hmm. That's huge for me. Um, it's a great feeling. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal. As a flip side to that, being able to sit back when it's all done and say, I survived that. Uh-huh. Because the thing I love about it is every time I do it, no matter no matter the circumstances, I could have all the money in the world, I could have all the resources in the world. Every time I do it, some aspect of me is being greatly challenged. And I haven't failed yet. <laughs> and it will happen someday. I believe it will happen, but I haven't failed yet. Now that's either because I've been super clever or I've put the right people together, uh-huh. or through sheer will alone, I've been able to do it. Well, willpower is a huge, huge. piece in all of this. <laughs> so that's three. Um, I have the sick masochistic love of the stress I love the stress I eat it like candy I love it it's horrible I hate it and it's the thing I need most in life it's 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 like black tar heroin you pull it out you're looking at it you're like this is the worst thing I could do to myself but it also doesn't stop you from getting your spoon and your lighter. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's like when it's like I don't I don't crave it right now. But if it was right there, uh-huh. oh, I've, I, I, it's something about the str- something about being getting no sleep, feeling sick, yelling at my wife. <laughs> being angry and bitter, barely able to do my my real job, um, the headaches, 
the heart palpitations. Stop, stop describing me. <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. But I love uh. it. I, something about it. It's weird. It's weird. I, I, I love it. I, I just, I'm hoping. I love it. I'm hoping that that's the. I don't end up in that same situation because I'm going through all of that right mm -hmm. now, because I'm producing. I'm the, the head producer for yep. Matilda. I'm president of Podium. Now, is this the biggest project you've pr produced? Yes. Oh, by far. So, this is what you don't understand. I can warn you. <laughs> it's going to succeed, and it's going to be over. Mm -hmm. And you'll look back. And it'll succeed, and it'll be over, and you realize the entire experience, your body, your mind, your soul needs to do it. This is again. This is what I'm afraid of. I, I'm because right now the stress that I'm under because mm -hmm. it, it's it's podium, it's Matilda, mm -hmm. it's the fundraiser, mm -hmm. this cabaret that we're doing, mm -hmm. um, which I wrote, direct, curated, mm -hmm. all that, sure. everything. The stress is literally tearing me apart right now. I'm, I am physically ill. You will find <laughs> in yourself. I'm telling you, you will find in yourself levels of fortitude you never could imagine. Ugh. It's, it's the only way that we. I, 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 growth is painful. Oh my god. It is the only way that we grow. Yeah. You can't. Sl you gotta punch your way out, man. It is. No, I, it is beautiful. I have I no it. doubt that I'll make it through to the yeah. end, but it and you'll want to do it again. Sucks in the meantime. Oh my god, it's horrible! <laughs> it's horrible, and it's like, it's funny. I say that now, but um, and I can only liken it to having a child. Mm. And I mean by having a child, I mean, um, carrying a child to term and then. Oh, I see. Birthing yeah. the child. It is said that after a mother gives birth to her child, at some point in the postpartum process, you're flooded with a hormone that makes you forget how much it sucked mm -hmm. so that you want to do it again. It propagates the species. Right, makes perfect right. sense. Your soul has the same <laughs> hormone. And your mind... Your mind works perfectly. Your your brain, your 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 conscious brain, your human brain, your 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 evolved simian brain will say, "I go through this shit again." <laughs> no, this is fucking ridiculous. But your lizard brain's like, "Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me." Give me. No, I, I mean, right now, all I'm doing is looking forward to November nineteenth because that will be the end of all of this, <laughs> and. At that point, my plan right now is to step away from all of it for months. You and won't. I know, I'm, I know I won't. And as soon as that show closes, I'm going to start writing the next thing. And that's number five. <laughs> that's number five for me. That's number five for me. What's my, what's, what's, what's my other favorite thing? Planning it. Uh-huh. Oh, planning is so much, planning so much fun. Planning it. I love building a season. Mm. I love budgeting. I don't like that part so much. I love it. I love it because I love <clears throat> doing projections because mm -hmm. it's gambling. Mm -hmm. It's gambling. It's like, all right, I made, it's like, okay, I made 10 grand last year. Your mouth to God's ears. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I made 10 grand last year in profit, quote. Right. In reinvestable money. 
I made 10 grand. Or fuck it, let's talk about like a theatrical season at a large scale theater. I did five shows last year. Um, I made $120,000. You know, after all right. said and done, I made $120,000 in profit. I work with theaters and make a hell of a lot more, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, so I made $120,000 last year in 2000 in, in this in the 1819 uh, season. Mm-hmm. Now I got the 1920 season coming up. I got to program that season. Okay. The goal is to make $120,001. No, it's not because you want to look at your profit margin. You got and I don't like numbers. But I like numbers when it comes I like money numbers cuz I get it. Yeah. It's like okay. The desire is I'm, I want a profit margin that's greater than inflation. So, okay, I need to make between 4 and 8% more than I did last year. So let's go ahead and just do a nice round number. I need to make $130,000 next year. Okay, now, what types of shows can I program that can do that? I got five shows mm-hmm. to do. Let's say I got a season of five shows. I know where my big money makers are. I know where I can afford, where during the season I can afford to make less money. So what do I want to accomplish? I want to accomplish making money while at the same time doing artistically viable pieces, while at the same time doing something that, that, that is appealing to a diverse audience. What do I want? And it's, it's having to do all of yeah, that. Yeah. And then sitting down, you've got a budget. And you haven't even budgeted the shows. Like, you haven't budgeted the actual shows that you know that this show is going to get. All right, so we're doing Hello, Dolly as our big musical. Don't do Hello, Dolly. No one will come. (laughs) I mean, you'll get old people in drag queens. I have tickets to Hello, Dolly. You'll get old people in drag queens. I love Hello, Dolly, by the way. Mostly because of old people and drag queens. But anyway. So we're going to do Hello, Dolly, and that's going to be our big musical. And I know that I've got, I, I can allot $75,000 to that show. How exciting is that? But now that I've budgeted the season, now I have to go in and budget each show. I got $75,000. Right. I'm programming the show, which means I'm programming the season. I'm also, in theory, acting as, quote, the producer. Mm-hmm. So now I have to figure out that $75,000, who's getting paid, how much they're getting paid, how much I need for lumber, how much I need for equipment. You know, right. That's fun to me. That's horrifying. That's fun to me. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. And that's just budgeting. But then also, okay, I got to, I got to, okay, so we got to program a season. Do we want to program with a theme? Okay, let's program with a theme. Um, what shows? Oh my God! Picking shows. I love picking shows. I, I will go on to MTI or Samuel French or any of the other yeah. <laughs> the, the other sites and just kind of look. What do, what do they have available? What can I start looking at to, to maybe suggest for next year? I don't program that way. Oh no! I try not to program that way, especially if it's a long season. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm like at a, like, like at a small vagabond theater, if I'm doing like 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 a traveling show, it's mm-hmm. exactly what I'll do. I'll be like, all right, what's coming up that I think I can sell, and that'll be a lot of fun to right. do. But if I'm if I'm in an installed place, it's like, okay, we're gonna sure yeah know. yeah. Um, I love pl- I love planning. I love to plan. I love, 
and this gets to directing. Like, I love being a director and planning. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you, as a director, when you as an actor show up for your first day of rehearsal, I've been working for six weeks, minimum. Right. Minimum. Yeah, we've been working on Matilda since May, the production staff. June, no, June. And we didn't start rehearsals until September. Yep. And everybody came in for rehearsals, mm -hmm. and you know we we're already sick of this thing. <laughs> well, production like uh, production meetings and things like that definitely happened well before. But I mean, as a director, it happened before I start. If I, if I'm producing and directing and uh -huh. God do the whole fucking thing, yeah. I mean, like I've had like four production meetings before I actually start doing the directing portion in yeah, earnest. Yeah. And I don't pre-block. I don't believe in pre-blocking. Mm. Um, and that is only half true. Um, I build scenes in my head. I build tableaus in my head mm -hmm. the way I want things to end up. And then once we get them on their feet, we get them there. Sure. Sometimes we have to, you know, depending on your cast, yeah. their age or their, their experience, you have to be like, all right, well, you do the here to me. But if I can avoid doing that shit, so. That's my number five is planning. I love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Do we want to go? Do we want to go negative and talk about what are your top five least favorite things about it, or do you want to just dodge that? Um, I mean, I don't know if I can find five. I probably That's good. could. Um, I mean, you can as nitpicky as you want. I don't like that. It's like I hate it when Claire wears that fucking <laughs> shirt, and everyone likes Claire. What's with your boobs, man? <laughs> no, there's there's two things I know I don't. I you're a Doshin, like dude. Like you're 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 a Doshin. You're a fucking dog, Claire. Why are you wearing a shirt and why you you're you're not supposed to have boobs? <laughs> the uh, See, the, I quickly made it not sexist. Yeah. There's there's two things I can think of I don't like. I don't like um I don't like diva attitudes. Yep. I don't mind diva performers. But I don't like when the attitude interferes with other people's enjoyment of the show. Mm -hmm. And I, the other thing that really irritates me is the complete unwillingness of men to participate in community theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem, especially in smaller theaters. Um, I don't know what it is, because I know the talent is out there. I've been on stage with so many talented people and I know people that are super talented that won't participate, and it's... So, have you asked people why, have you, like, not even necessarily in reference to your show, have you ever actually gone out and said, why don't you do this? Like, any, I'm, not, no, no, I'm just curious, have you gotten an answer? I've asked a, a couple of individuals about yeah. it, and... And what do they tell you? My work schedule, family, I get that, but... Get them involved too. <laughs> make it a make it, it a family activity. Is it activity. possible that you're pulling from the wrong well? No, probably. Um, it's it's rough. It is rough getting men for shows. Um, some theaters have an easier time than others. We were in the um, we were auditioning for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat last year. Meh. Don't do that show, anybody. <laughs> there are a lot of dudes in that show. It's an, it's a male heavy cast. It's a dude heavy cast. And this was before I was president, but I had a you know I was a voting member of the board, 
and I made my pitch why we should not do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I said, we won't get any men to come audition for this show, and the cast requires 15 at least. We had two show up for auditions. We had two, um, two additional auditions where we invited people by name. Mm-hmm. Nobody showed up. We had to cancel the show. It does happen. It's disappointing. I mean, you, you know, at, at that stage, you haven't lost a lot in resources, but you've, for a, a theater the size of Podium, we lost our season. We no longer had a show to do that year. Because now it was too late to... That's when you do a review. Well, we just didn't do anything. <laughs> That's when you do a review. We just didn't do anything. Um, so, I mean, show selection is huge. you got to be able to choose the right show. I ran into that difficulty. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say that because it wasn't a difficulty. It was a difficulty kind of rounding it out at the end. But I ran into that fear once. I directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. which is like 13 men, two women. 13 men, three women. There's three women in that show. And only one woman has a, a substantial part. The nurse? Well, there are two nurses well, in the oh, show. Right, right. Nurse Ratched yeah. is the only one that has the substantial part. And that's a fantastic part. That's a part that every 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 lady should want to play at some, some part. Every, every, every female or female presenting actress uh-huh. should want to play at some point in their life it's it's such a meaty part um you really don't realize just how misogynistic women can be until you've played <laughs> nurse ratchet um you know and i had a hard time rounding a couple parts out but yeah it, it's there's definitely a, 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 a anxiety when when having to count on a man heavy piece and there's a lot of men as i said this winter um uh, well, late winter, early spring, I'm, I'm going to be auditioning for Guys and Dolls. You want to talk about man-heavy mm-hmm. show. First of all, that's a cast-heavy show. Yeah. You really can't do that with, like, 15 people. Like, you need 30 people in that goddamn yeah. show. And of those 30 people, at least 15 have to be dudes. I mean, the leads, there are, like, f- five or six male leads. There's two, there's two female leads and a bunch of hot box girls. Uh, you know, like, you know, so it's not necessarily the most strategically uh, diverse cast. So it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. So getting men. So you, so you don't like divas and, and getting men to help. Anything no. else? Or are those the two big ones? No, that those, stand are, out? those are the things that really bother me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My least favorite, because we're talking about me. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to get to me sooner or later. Um, I hate it when um, people are disengaged or not not disengaged because that would indicate that they were once engaged. So you're so okay. You've put together a community theater show. You've you've put together a show, and you can't get them to give a shit about anything more than what they're doing right and it's like okay do you understand that that's not how this works do you want to have a show then you need to go out and sell a fucking ad Mm -hmm. or you you talk about divas people that come in and are indignant and and they're like well i want this and i need this it's not so much actors again actors 
I love diva indignant actors and stuff like that because this is a sadistic fucking douche part of me. I, lo <laughs> I love humiliating them very early on. It's it's something I enjoy. Okay. No, I really do. I really do. Um, now there's diff there's different there's varying shades of diva. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've dealt with some diva actresses that are just spectacular. And are very giving as actors when it comes to dealing with their director. They're very diva-ish. They're standoffish. Mm -hmm. I can deal with that as, as, a, as a director. I can deal with that, not be a dick, and like you know, and fight with this person all the way to an incredible performance. Done it, and then they all—they're always like, "Thank you so much. It was fantastic." I know right. it can be difficult. Yes, you can be difficult. Thank you so much. I had a great experience. But when someone just sits there and bitches and then doesn't do anything about it in a setting and in a paradigm that is everybody's doing a little bit of everything. Right. Um, it's like, okay, so I've given an expectation. When you came to audition, it was clearly on the sheet. You're going to be expected to come to some set builds. You don't show up to set builds, and then you have the balls to get pissed when the set's not done. Mm -hmm. Get out of my sight. Mm -hmm. Get that shit off my lawn. It's 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 enraging. It's absolutely enraging. So yeah, disengaged but fucking indignant fuckers is a big one with me. Another thing I hate. Um, laziness. I don't like a lot of the laziness that sometimes comes with community theater. Here's why. Because my, because to a lot of people, I'll get back to that. Um, it go, it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, I want to come and do my thing and that's it. Mm -hmm. But people that are like, yeah, I'll do this. I guess that's not laziness. It's laziness is the reason. Laziness isn't the problem. I guess just disingenuous people. Yes, I will do this, or I can do this, or I can, you know, make this happen. Okay, and and now it's time. Mm -hmm. And oh well, I just didn't do that. Right. I hate that shit. And the thing I hate most about community theater, about putting together community theater, is the stigma that community theater has in some places. Community theater is not what community theater was when we were kids. No, it's not. Um. The shows are bigger. The talent is greater. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it, I'm always blown away by the talent it's on stage. Just, it's not like... It's not your, not your grandfather's community right. theater, but it's true. <clears throat> it's true. Um, to the point that a lot of community theaters shy away from the term community theater. Mm -hmm. you know, like, no, we're a local theater. We're a regional, regional theater. Yeah. We're a regional theater. Right. First of all, if you don't got a place to live, you, you're, you're a community theater. Like, just just go with it, embrace mm -hmm. it, use it to become, you know, to, to ingrain yourself in your community. Because that's the dream, isn't it? Is for your community, the town that you're a community theater in, for you to be a vital part of that yeah. community yeah. to the point where the town, the people, not necessarily the, the municipality, but the town, the people of the town, count on you to do it. That's exactly what we're trying to do: is to, to rough. be that in East that's Hampton. Rough. I mean. That was one of the things that really frustrated me about, about writing this program in Windsor 
was it's like, well, you know, you people are like, you know, and by you people, I mean people in town are like, oh, the program, it's been here 50 years. Oh, we know all about that program. It's great. No, mm -hmm. we're glad to see it. We're, you know, of course we want to see it continue. Da, 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 da. Or, hey, uh, it was called Cirilla Summer Theater, named after uh, the, the, the original director who was a drama teacher in Windsor High School. Oh, he was my teacher. Da, 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 da. But they don't give a fuck. They don't do anything. Right. And it's not even give me money. It's get involved. Do something. We need help. Mm -hmm. It's that disingen it's yeah. a disingenuity bullshit. I hate it. I hate it. You know, it's funny about like our, our situation. Because East Hampton is, I mean, it's a pretty rural town. It's a little bit of a podunk kind of place. For, 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 it's about as, it's not as remote as a town in Connecticut can get. No, it's, it's But not. it's pretty remote. Yeah. And. <clears throat> it's not pomfret. No, no, it's not. Um, but for for as which is just really in the far northeast of the state. That's what I mean by remote. It's um, f for as kind of blue collar as it is. Yep. We have a lot of arts here. We have, I mean, Podium Players has been in East Hampton since the '60s, yeah. which is a, a long time sure. for a community yes, theater to yes, be going. We also have the Young People Center for Creative Arts. Mm -hmm which is sort of like Cirillo Summer Theater. Mm -hmm. um, and we have Epic Arts, which is a wonderful organ. They have a black box theater, and they get kids involved, teenagers, writing and producing their own plays and stuff. We there's a lot of stuff here. There's art galleries. There's artisans. There's all kinds of people in this community. And all you know, what we really want to do is make sure that people are supporting all of the different arts mm -hmm. organizations in town. And one of the things that I've been trying to do since I became president is to try to kind of engage the community in that sense where, yeah, there's these other theater organizations, but we don't need, need to be competitors with each other. You know, we should be promoting the arts across all of our different uh, platforms. So it sounds like you're going external. Have you tried going internal? In what sense? Instead of trying to get the people to accept the multiple entities, have you reached out to the multiple entities? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, are, like you've got you've got theater programs, but they seem to cater to different subsets. Yeah. All of which could be of benefit no, we, to Podium. We have. Are you coordinating with the, and going to these people, going, "Hey, y'all do this. Mm -hmm. You you don't do this, but we do." No, that's that's actually specifically what I've been doing. That's going to be key to what you want. That, that's specifically what I've been trying to do is to, to go to the people in those organizations and say, look, I, you know, we, we're in the same space, but there's space for everybody and we can all work to prop each other up. Um, because even though we are a small community, we clearly have the desire in the town to have a thriving arts right. um, opportunities. So that, that's, that's what we're really trying to do right now. That's awesome. So, um, all right. So let's, let's, let's end this on a positive note. Although that was, kind of, that was pretty positive. Let's, <laughs> end this, let's end this on a positive note. So um, as you said, this year you've been, you know, heading a board, <laughs> producing a show, uh -huh. producing a cabaret. Uh -huh. Raising some kids. Yeah, three of them, yeah. Keeping a wife happy. Yeah. <laughs> Trying. Doing the best you can. <laughs> Trying to keep food on the table, all that uh -huh. shit. 
feel like it's been worth it? God, I hope this is a positive answer. Yes, <laughs> it is worth it. Yes. Because in the end, everything is worth it. <laughs> it has to be. You got to find some way to take something out of everything. Um, the thing that, and you kind of hit on this a few minutes ago, I think, when you said you, you're struggling, <laughs> when you're involved in all this stuff, it's a struggle to do the, the stuff that actually pays the bills. That's where I struggle. I, I struggle with balancing all of these other things. Sure. Sure. With having to go to work every day. I understand. <laughs> I understand. And, uh, yeah, but I, I wouldn't do any of this if I didn't enjoy it. And one of the things that I'm happiest about when I do this stuff is that my kids see their parents involved in things. Like, my wife works in the school system, so she works with kids. They see the impact that she has. And I'm getting them involved in theater. I've coached them in sports. Like, all these different things. Like, I love being able to do that with my kids and having them see that it's we do It's one of the things stuff. I can't wait for. I mean, my boy's 10 months old right now. Uh -huh. yeah. He's excited to sing songs with me. But I mean, <laughs> you know. I, yeah, it's I, one I of wait. the biggest joys I've had as a father is seeing my kids get involved in things. And I looked at my daughter at our dining room table the other night, and she's going to be 10 this year. And I just, I just, I just, I didn't know what to think. I was like, she's 10 years old. She's, this is going to be her fourth musical. Um, the boys, my, my twin boys are now going on their third musical. Like, <laughs> they're in. How did this happen? They're like, in. Like, I, as stressed out as I am doing this stuff, I've, made that possible for them. Sure, it makes it worth it. And I hope that, even if they don't do it forever, I hope they remember it fondly. Sure. I, ho I hope that it's something that they think about as, you know, I enjoyed doing that. I'm glad I been had involved the in it. They've been involved in it too, it, they've been involved in it too much now for it not to at least be a <laughs> formative experience. Yeah, well, I mean, I, the, the reason I did Shrek in Manchester was because it was a show I could have my kids come yep. see. So that was the first time they ever saw a musical live. It was the first time they saw me perform anything, even as a small part sure. in a huge cast. But and, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, right yeah, yeah. There, watching like, you get shot in Les Mis probably wasn't a good thing. It wouldn't have been a good thing. No, they, were too they, young didn't, anyway, they didn't but. come see that one. Um, they didn't come see me in Jekyll and Hyde either. No, <laughs> no, it probably wouldn't be a good idea. But you know, that's that's why I did Shrek. That's why I did Annie. That's why I'm so involved in Matilda. Is because it's something that. My family can be involved. With. Are your kids in it? My my whole family's in it. My wife is in this. She hasn't. Wow. She hasn't performed in. I'm not going to say how long because a long time. A long time. Um, and she shied away from it because she's had stage fright and anxiety sure. issues around it. Sure. But the confidence that she's gained as a mother, she now feels she's able to do this, and that is amazing to yeah. me. So. <laughs> Yes, it's worth it. Yes, dev it's it's worth it. Um, even though that you know rehearsal reminding my seven-year-old boys that it's not a jungle gym that they got to focus. Oh well, that's yeah, but you'd be doing that at home anyway. Right, so. they're gonna do it somewhere. 
All right, so you got two events you got to plug. Let's let's plug some oh shit. Let's go. Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> well, wow. When this this is going out on Friday, right? I will. I'm going home. It is 9:30 Thursday night right now. For all intents and purposes. Yep. Tomorrow night. <laughs> Saturday night. You can come see the 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 Grouch himself. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Tim Williams on stage in East Hampton um, with so many, so many talented people uh, for our Broadway cabaret. And a very talented Jordan oh, Roma, to be honest. <laughs> he doesn't suck either. I'm, uh, I'm the weak link on this, oh, on this cast, um, for sure. Incorrect. I just watched that show, and uh, <laughs> I've uh, identified a couple. All right. No. Uh, okay. you're, you're 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 not the weakest. I mean, you are a weak fucking link. Uh, of course. I mean, like um, you're, you're 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 next to balls bad, but you're not all the way there. <laughs> so the Broadway Cabaret East Hampton Saturday night. Uh, if you don't get tickets in advance, there's still twelve bucks at the door. We'll uh, we'll link it on the uh, on Facebook and Twitter. So you have all day Friday to get tickets for ten dollars, either on face uh, through Facebook, podiumplayers.org, or if you uh, go on to Eventbrite and put in Broadway Cabaret, it's the first thing that comes up. Twenty-ish um, songs, and it, it, they're going to be wonderful. I can't wait to to get to hear everybody. Um, and still a relatively short night, though. It's still like yeah, two hours. It's, it should come in under two hours. Yeah. Uh, Family-friendly, all ages. Uh, there'll be refreshments for sale. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're... And every dollar that you spend goes to Podium to, goes Players. Goes to Podium Players. Every this, is, yep. this is a fundraiser. So... Uh, yeah, this is how we pay the bills make for it Matilda. Happen. Make and, it happen. Uh, Matilda is our first musical since 2017. It is the first time Podium is doing two weekends for a show. It's November 8th, 9th, and 10th, and 15th, 16th, and 17th. It's on my, on my birthday weekend and on my son's birthday weekend. Ah, well, happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, great cast. Uh, I'm really so happy with the, with the uh, performance we got for this show. Uh, I didn't know the show particularly when we show. agreed. To, it is. It's, it's a cute, a cute show. show. And... Uh, if you come to the, the cabaret on Saturday, you get to see a little bit of a preview. We have, uh, including myself, four cast members from Matilda performing, uh, including our Matilda, uh, who's great. She's, she's, great. Yeah, she's, she's really going to be fun. good. She's a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, 10 bucks for the cabaret, $12 at the door. Um, and Matilda tickets are available now, also at podiumplayers.org. All right. And uh, what about table to stage as well? I forgot about that. Yeah, that thing still goes. Um, I've scaled back to every other week because I'm a little bit overextended right now. <laughs> a tad. A little bit. Um, I'll probably get back to every every week, uh, maybe after the first of the year, once my brain cools. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I People ask why I do that all the time, too. And the... The, is your answer fuck you? No, no, my answer is if you had a chance to sit down and talk to people that you found fascinating and get to pick their brains for an hour, yeah, wouldn't you take it? I mean, that's why I've been on twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get you back on. Um, I'll be your first three times. Sure. You, you, yes, absolutely. Definitely. I would love to. Uh, 
I love it so much. And we're gonna ha- I'm gonna have something to talk about pretty soon. So Oh good. I I love being able to do that so much because talking to people who are passionate about whatever the thing is that they're passionate about is always fascinating. But when it's creative people, artists, actors, singers, writer, whoever, uh, I really I, I just love it. And uh some of the people that I've had on the show have been so so wonderful. You you've you've really had some really you've had some really interesting people on the show, and the, I mean honestly, I've I know a couple of the of, of the people that you've had on the I'm show. I'm sure you know several of them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know those people, and yeah, those conversations went about as well as <laughs> expected. Like, no, they're interesting people. They're fun people. That's fine. Um, it's some of the you know there were a couple of a couple of guests. Um. Even if the show, I mean, I, I don't even remember. Like the one that sticks out in my mind was the uh, the uh, I've no more fucks to give. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did you get Thomas that guy? Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire. Like, how did you fucking get this this hipster I this s- hipster douchebag with the? With, but he was funny. It, it, the song is funny. It was, I sent him a message on Facebook. That's yeah, how I got no, him. It was good. It was good. Yeah, that was the f- the first international episode yeah, that, that was, I did. That yeah. was cool. That was fun. Um. Why do this? Because it's easy. Ugh. It's easy. Podcasting is easy. Oh, maybe the way you do it, the way I do it is not. <laughs> no, it is. I make it far too complicated. No, no. But, but, but that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. It's easy in that it's not expensive. Doesn't in have the to grand be. scheme of yeah. things, it's not expensive. I mean, you and I have spent a lot of money on our on our, on our gear. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the money I've spent is upgrading gear over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, going from shitty used gear to not as shitty used gear to pretty good <laughs> pretty, pretty sure. good used gear. Yeah. Eventually I'll buy something new, but not anytime soon. Um, but I mean, it's not, it really, it's not hard to do. You don't, if you don't want to pay to host, you don't have to pay to host. Right. It, it in, the, in this day and age, really, ju- just like everything else media-related, all you really need to podcast is your fucking telephone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, there's some very successful shows that you know, do just that. You know, you want, think about this. Think about this. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, this shit was... It was you want to make a really good movie? Use your phone. Uh-huh. You want to record, so, record really good audio? Use your phone. You want to edit all of this shit while on a train? Use yep. your phone. It's it's not. I tell you, it ain't like, like it used to be, boys and girls. Like mm-hmm. even right now, we're sitting here, and it's not the greatest sound quality. I'm aware, but it'll probably be better than we think. Two fucking microphones, and mm-hmm. a four hundred dollar Zoom recorder. Which, if I had the right connectors, I could instead just fucking put it on GarageBand on my phone mm-hmm. with what a sixty dollar dongle. Probably, or we could yeah. sit here, literally, with the very decent receiver on on my iphone and or we could you know wear headphones and fucking talk and have mm-hmm. a good podcast that's why we do that you know do it because it's fun i say it's because it's easy jordan says he enjoys it because he looks for new and innovative ways to complicate it <laughs> that's, that's true. why we do that's it. true hey man just go out there and make something oh god just go out there yeah. and make something yeah. if you can draw anything from what we're talking about tonight i don't care what you do I don't care what you do. Go out and create something. Go out and make something. I don't care if you're an actor, if you're a writer, if you're a painter, or if you're none of these things. 
but you always wanted to try to make something. Just go out and make something. Mm-hmm. You want to go on the lawn, go on the lawn, and you know, throw a couple of two by fours together and try to nail some shit together and maybe make something. Just make something. Just if if there's something, if there's something that you're looking for and it is not there, don't complain about it. Be the one to make it. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that, I think that's actually a good place. That's a, that's a good message. Um, all right, so thanks for doing this, man. Oh, thank you for for asking me. All right, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll I guess I'll throw the ending on here, um, or maybe I'll do mail or something like that. Well, if not, I can always edit it off for couch couches. This is Jim. I'm Jordan. Fuck on, audience. <laughs>